There are recovery programs that can help you when, for example, you suffer an extreme loss, perhaps a spouse or a parent. There are also books and other resources that we can turn to when we find ourselves struggling, maybe in a relationship turmoil. We're pretty good at rallying around each other and finding help and care for each other when losses and setbacks come our way. At least we try. We try to be there in help and support for each other. But when it comes to the loss of faith, well, that can be very different. We can be very much on our own. When it comes to the sense that God is absent, God is not listening or doesn't care about my prayers. Well, that can be extremely difficult and especially lonely. It might even be that if you mention this doubt or this uncertainty about God's presence or even existence, when you mention it to people you know and care about, they're not sure what to even do about it. It's too difficult, too frightening a path to go down with you, you might get quick answers like, oh, everything will be fine, or don't worry, you'll get past that at some point. This deep doubt, this lack of faith, this sincere uncertainty about God is exactly the situation of our scripture that we have for this day. There is a crisis facing the people. It's a crisis of faith. There is suffering Israel and silent Yahweh. In fact, there are two basic overriding questions underlying this text. Does God care? And is God able? Able to help? Able to be with us? Able to save us? Or are we just on our own? Our text comes from Isaiah chapter 40. Here's the history. God's people, the Jews, called Israel, sometimes called Jacob, had been attacked and conquered by the mighty Babylonians. This happened around 600 B.C. The cherished city of Jerusalem was destroyed. The great temple built by Solomon was sacked. The king was killed. The people were carried into exile in Babylon, separated from their sacred land and their city and their traditions for several generations. Well, when we get to Isaiah chapter 40, there has been a turning point for God's people. They're no longer in exile. They are heading back to familiar land and familiar plans. But the circumstances of life in exile would make them absolutely dubious about God's presence and God's care for their lives, about God's promises and about God's abilities over them and with them this would create quite a weariness about what might be next. That's what they're feeling. Suffering Israel, silent Yahweh. 
they knew all too well about the abandonment by God, forgotten by God. Their weariness is not so much physical as it is spiritual. They are heart sick. They are hopeless, sapped of strength. And in some ways, the original recipients of this message in Isaiah 40 might seem to align well with our lives in these particular days across these recent months. A pandemic that will not go away. Economic and racial and political and other issues that threaten us and discourage us. We may well have these same lingering questions. Does God care? Is God able? Suffering people? Silent God? Yet, listen to these words from the end of chapter 40 from the prophet Isaiah. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. God's understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exalted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our life with God, the life of faith, when we're honest, will invariably include, probably for all of us, seasons of heartache and challenge and doubt and discouragement. Indeed, we can find these same familiar seasons, these times of crying out, does God care? We can find this all through the Bible. Abraham and Sarah had these moments. Moses had these moments. The disciples seeking to worship and serve God had these moments. They scream things like, you say you are our God, but where are you? Why do you hide your face from us? Why do you forget our affliction, our oppression? See, for example, Psalm 44, verse 24. But the poetry that flows from Isaiah the prophet in chapter 40 intends to fill our hearts and comfort our fears and reshape, reframe how we live. Indeed, God delights, God absolutely adores in caring for God's people. My former teacher and eminent scholar Walter Brueggemann has written recently about the circumstances of life in our country in these days, the pandemic and the trials that we're having. Uh, and he says that these times really ought to refocus our lives on God and refocus our lives on the gospel. He says this, and I quote, we see now curbed 
In this pandemic, the absolute world of technological certitude that faces now a mystery beyond calculation. You know, we thought technology was the answer to everything, and now we know it is not. And we have to pay attention to God and to God's better plans. Brueggemann says that we see that our immense power is unable to fend off a threat that has brought paralysis and fear to the whole world. We keep struggling against this invisible virus. We may need to pay more attention to God and God's better plans. Brueggemann says that our great wealth is not able to assure us of security. Our great wealth cannot automatically make things better. Our great wealth cannot guarantee when we might be able to get a vaccine. Our great reliance may need to be not on our wealth, but on God and on God's better plans. In fact, Brueggemann says that all that's going on around us should press us back to the basics. And Isaiah puts it like this. Have you not known? Oh yeah, we have known. Have you not heard? Oh yes, we have heard this. We've heard it many times, over and over. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. It reminds us of other words that we stand and say with confidence, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. It reminds us of other words that we might stand and affirm in life and in death. We belong to God and with believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. These are the words that intend to fill our hearts. This is uh, back to the basics, as uh, Walter Brueggemann says. These are the words that intend to reframe our lives for faithful living. Here's how Pope Francis puts it lately in his most recent book. We have been so persuaded in the myth of self-sufficiency. We've been living in the illusion whispered in our ears that the earth exists to be plundered, that others exist to meet our needs, that what we have earned or what we lack is what we deserve, that my reward is riches, even if that means the fate of others will be poverty. But it is in these moments now, Pope Francis says, that we come to our senses, that we see the selfishness of our culture. It's in these moments now that we learn that we belong to God and we belong to one another. Pope Francis even argues that the greatest challenges that we're facing right now are threefold. It is narcissism, it is discouragement, and it is pessimism. Narcissism, you know, takes you to the mirror, to look at yourself, to center everything on yourself. You get so caught up in love for the image of yourself that you end up drowning in it. The news is only good if it's good for you. And if the news is bad, well, it's bad because you are the chief victim. Narcissism. 
discouragement leads us only to lament and complain and then we feel mostly sadness a sadness that consumes us and makes everything just dark pessimism is like the door that you shut on the future because everything is predicted to be bad narcissism discouragement pessimism these only debilitate us Isaiah says God does not faint God does not grow weary God's understanding is unsearchable God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless what gospel news the last 11 months have been so difficult in so many ways but think about what is most in the news this particular week and it's even been in the news for the third time congress is working on billions even trillions in aid imagine imagine finally we're mobilizing energy and efforts to help the suffering to provide aid to the needy we are worried about the inequities of who's getting the vaccines our legislature around the corner and down the street is putting laws in place to help ease the threats of foreclosure we are working to treat prisoners differently even setting some free who are not a threat we're finding generous provisions for students and and debts these are all part of the prophetic imagination these are all part of the vision of Jesus and the coming reign of God in moments of fear and uncertainty in moments of doubt and despair especially when we're inclined to cry out and say where are you God complain God reminds us God gives power to the faint God strengthens the powerless can't be caught up in narcissism or discouragement or pessimism we can't and then there's this familiar line in this passage this wonderful phrase those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they should run and not faint they should run and not be weary walk and not faint the key point the verb those who wait for the Lord I want to remind us all today waiting real waiting is not passive waiting involves anticipation and action and purpose waiting involves expectation and involvement more than that waiting real waiting pushes us toward serving think about the term that we use the waiter the waitress the waitstaff these jobs are about serving helping providing meeting needs offering care those who wait for the Lord the prophet says who anticipate and serve who hope and help they shall renew their strength those who look forward and work for God shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary we wait through these days but we also work 
we anticipate, but we also serve and we keep working and we keep serving. In these recent days, I keep hearing a certain name. It's the name of Ida Wells. This is from Mary Louise Kelly this week on National Public Radio. Ida B. Wells was many things, a journalist, a civil rights leader, mother, dangerous Negro agitator. That last one is courtesy of the FBI. The Bureau created a file on Wells more than a century ago. It noted that she was a good public speaker and that, quote, she has addressed meetings of colored people and endeavored to press upon them that they are a downtrodden race and that now is the time for them to demand and secure their proper position in the world, end quote. And then Mary Louise Kelly on NPR goes on to interview Ida Wells' great-granddaughter, Michelle Duster, who has written a new book about Ida Wells. Ida Wells, you may know, was born at a pivotal time in this country's history. She was born into slavery. But she was actually one who grew up in Reconstruction. She grew up during a time of hope and progress, and her life her life was shaped by waiting for the Lord with anticipation and with work, with expectation and with energy in serving. Wells awakened the conscience of this nation to the horrors of lynchings. She was a fantastic forerunner of the more famous civil rights leaders and her legacy should just inspire all of us. When asked what sustained her, she always spoke of her faith, formed and nurtured by ex-slave parents. Hers was a faith that knew well about the big God of the universe, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. And God does not grow weary or faint. Therefore, those who wait for the Lord, we do not faint or grow weary either. We keep on knowing that we belong to God and we keep serving, doing justice, loving kindness, walking humbly with God. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. That becomes our job, our job too. We wait and we work with God for justice and light, for peace and hope, for God's purposes always and forever. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, we wait and we work. Let your Spirit so inspire our lives that we become more and more effective, faithful, loving servants following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.